0: Before we start this episode of Doctor Who's cast, we'd like to draw your attention to BLAM UK, a charity which promotes a truthful discourse of blackness through analysis of history, by providing more diverse education for young people. Right now, you can donate to help BLAM organise free lessons on black history for children. And if you are a white fan of Doctor Who and want to continue to learn, educate and be more actively anti-racist, I'd like to recommend the podcast Woke Doctor Who, who have done several episodes on how race in both the fandom and the show has been portrayed. I'd especially recommend the episode Martha My Dear, which goes a long way to explain the toxic institutionalised racism that we as Doctor Who fans need to reject in ourselves and in our community to create a better world. Let's talk about The Master, because we haven't talked about The Master yet. Yes. In a lot of detail when he when he turns when he goes from just snake to um into the body of Bruce,
1: um, yes. The... I have a theory about the scene where he's looking out the window. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a reshoot because in none of the dialogue can you see his face? And at first, you think, oh, it's because you know he's got the green eyes and so he's looking away. But then he turns around and you see the green eyes And he strangles his wife Who by the interesting fact is played by Eric Roberts real life wife
0: Were they having issues at the time? (laughs)
1: Let's get it out on screen But it would explain why they decide It wasn't just another woman that looked A lot like Daphne Ashbrook It was Mm. actually his wife because I feel like if if that element hadn't been there, they'd have got someone who looked different enough that there wasn't that confusion. Because it's telling that we both thought that was Daphne Ashbrook.
0: I thought it was Daphne. Ashbrook. I was so confused. I thought I thought Daphne Ashbrook had gone back home, and that was the boyfriend. Yeah, that would have been a much more interesting plot than the random. Um, the random. I can't think of the word again. Ambulance, ambulance person, ambulance man, ambulance man. Um, <laughs> the new superhero,
1: paramedic. There we he go. has all the powers of the ambulance. He can lightly dress wounds. None of the powers of a regular doctor. Just <sighs> the powers of an. Do you have the powers of an ambulance or of a paramedic?
0: <laughs> I love that the doctor versus the, the doctor versus a paramedic. <laughs> the
1: that's, the, that's
0: the plot of this film. It's a doctor versus the paramedic, and the doctor wins.
1: The Doctor, before he actually got his TARDIS, he was known as the intern. <laughs> or the resident. <laughs> All I know about medical hierarchy I got from scrubs, not even Grey's Anatomy.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I got I watched the ER back in the day. I loved the ER back in the day. I say back in the day, I was like seven and I was watching the series as it was going on. Like It wasn't like the George Clooney ER. It was the ER when it was past its time.
1: Will, ask me, <laughs> ask me what my favourite medical drama is.
0: Charlie, what's your favourite medical drama? Uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have never done that before.
0: about the evolution
1: from Bruce the Terminator. <laughs> oh, my God. But going back, sorry, just going back, He after strangling her, he turns round again to the window and says the line. You never see Eric Roberts say any of those lines, which makes me think it was dubbed over later.
0: So I, I like the idea in this narrative that it's a reshoot that Eric Roberts came in to strangle his wife, but was like, I don't want any of the stuff that's that any of the dialogue in that bit, I just want to strangle my wife and go home for the day. Oh my God, that's dark.
1: <laughs> Maybe. And then and then I actually look, looked up the conversation we had when he's at the hospital and he's Terminator Bruce. Oh, yes. And he's peeling. That's not his wife's blood. That is actually supposed to be that he's coming apart. And that was originally in the script, but they got rid of it. Because Eric Roberts didn't want to wear a load of prosthetics, but they'd clearly already shot that bit. Ah so is he a difficult person to work with? Well, I don't uh, know. Eric Roberts, we love you, please come on the show.
0: Yes, I would love to interview you about your take on the master because I'd love to know if what what the character prompt for the master was yeah. Because it, it changes. It changes from at the, the first time you see him, he's got those black shades on and he's the turbulator And it's not it's not that he's talking in a monotone voice. It's talking. It's he's talking like he's never experienced a human language
1: before. And. He has because he's taken over human bodies before. Literally. Yeah. Like that was his whole deal post Delgado, wasn't it?
0: Well, technically, the body that he takes in um, Keeper of Trakan is from a is from Trakan. It's not a human. It's not a human body. Um, but it's a humanoid form. Okay. In all intents and purposes, they are humanoids.
1: Yeah, I mean, Time Lords as well. They are humanoids, with the main differences being the two hearts.
0: I would love there to be a. And this is a tangent again, but like in the new series, I'd like there to be a line explaining that. That potentially time lords have a perception filter for humans because they does the fact that they're all choosing the form of like the, a human a human humanoid figure interests me.
1: The only one I can think of that hasn't is the Omega.
0: But is the Omega? Do you see his form underneath the? I've never seen I've never seen either the three doctors or Ark Infinity.
1: Um, I've not seen it either. I just know what his. Look is. His... I, I don't know if it's, a, if it's organic or if it's armor. I'm not quite sure.
0: I'm not quite sure either. That, that's a, that's a, that'll be an interesting one to look at.
1: But yeah, reg- regeneration's a lottery. Some days you're Timothy Dalton, other days you're Donald Sumter.
0: <laughs> oh dear. I wish that Timothy Dalton had come back um, in Hellbent. It would have made that godforsaken episode at least something. I love
1: that. It. What are you talking about? I love that episode. I think it's great. The one where he comes back to Gallifrey. Yes. I think it's great. I think it's great. Okay.
0: We'll have a discussion about this in about five years time. Okay. Yeah. That'll be
1: fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's. Okay. So he he turns from Bruce, Bruce, the Terminator till to Bruce, the master manipulator of Chang Li.
1: However, I say master manipulator in quotes. That's it's confusing. Yes. He has three. He has three modes with Chang Li. He hypnotizes him to give him a sonic screwdriver, which the Master never uses.
0: <laughs> yeah, not
1: once. Does it? Does he? I'm not imagining that. He never uses it.
0: No, no. The only times that sonic screwdriver is used in the whole thing is to close the box and for Paul McGann to repair the TARDIS at the end of, at the end of it.
1: Yeah, and then he threatens him when he says, "What's in it for me?" And then he says, "You get to live." And then he bribes him, why why bother bribing him?
0: But he also that I would say that there's a fourth one, fourth aspect to that in in between um threatening and lying and threatening and bribing is the lies. The lies about yeah. the doctor, but like and I think it's I think this is the, the downfall of Chang Lee as a character um is the fact that he believes the master so wholeheartedly when he has previously hypnotised him, said that he will not die And then get bribed earlier. You should have seen
1: through this guy immediately. Not to mention, he's taken over Bruce's body. He knew he met Bruce in the ambulance as a human, literally. And and the lie is that the
0: doctor is trying to steal, um, to steal the Master's remaining regenerations. You've literally just had proof that the Master is stealing people's bodies, like in front of you. Why don't you question that logic? It's 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 bizarre.
1: And it's and it's not just that he believes him so wholeheartedly; it's that they don't decide what is motivating him because the whole idea. I think the one the, the thing I like most out of all those options is the idea that Chang Li is being manipulated and being lied to, and if they made that the main thing, and then doubled back on the fact that he is in a very vulnerable situation because of his connection to whatever the organised crime deal is. I'm not quite sure what the opening is. That's never referred to again. But it would be a great way to tie it together. But because they don't, the character doesn't exist outside of the moment he's inhabiting.
0: That's a, that's a wonderful way of putting it. And it also, if he if, if doesn't exist out of the moment he's inhabiting the only motivations we could potentially see is that he's greedy and he wants money and that's it. That's that is it. And that's not good enough, especially when you're trying to paint him as a a, a convincingly good character who is just in the wrong situation.
1: It would be fine if the whole thing was, Oh, he's the master's companion. He's the master's human. He's a Lucy Saxon. He's a
0: Lucy Saxon.
1: Or um, is it is it David Harewood in um, when the, when John Sim comes back? Wait, who, who are you talking about? The guy who gives the master a turkey.
0: Oh yes, 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 Is it David Harewood? Is it the name of the character or the name of the the name of the actor? The name of the actor. Um, I don't know. Okay, shall we talk about two th- two last things leading into the the master's last. Change into Camp Icon And also the ending of The, the ending of the, the film How it wraps up, how the plot that is given Is wrapped up
1: Have you seen the film Her- The Disney Hercules? I have seen the film, the Disney Hercules film Did he remind you of Hades Towards the end? Oh, yes he did,
0: that's so interesting Yeah, yeah he did
1: In a way that kind of made less sense Than that character But what I do like, what I love most about Hercules, and, and I think the version of the master I like most is when the actor is having a great time. Yes. Is when Eric Roberts just kind of stops giving a shit. hmm And I think that's one of the reasons why Anthony Ainley stayed in the role for so long is because he genuinely loved it. Yeah. People think of him as, you know, the really hammy master, but at the same time, he was really good for the tone of what the show was
0: exactly and he wasn't and the the master's character at that point was not a character that was taken too seriously
1: no he wasn't a character to be feared he was a character who would basically keep surviving and it was a running joke
0: yes exactly and he was a character to add an extra bit of threat to the episode but also to conduce the, the the threat that's already there almost to add like exposition to the threat that's already there um by him being in league with these people Yet never really Like like always, always coming out of, a, out of a raw deal out of
1: all of it Do you think Sasha Dewan has more in common with Ainley or Delgado?
0: Uh, it's a very good question I think he's actually got more In common with John Simm's master Than all of them
1: Yeah I would say that but John, but John Simm wasn't a loser In the same way Sasha Dewan, he because That's very
0: true. I think I think in the losing sense of like of 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 him just keeping on losing, I think he's in the vein of um Anthony Ainsley. Um I would Anthony Ainsley, I would agree with that.
1: Is it Ainsley or Ainley?
0: I think it's Ainley. I think it's Ainley. I think it's Ainley. Um Yeah, I think you're right about that. Because he does keep on losing and he loses spectacular spectacularly. And he
1: keeps coming but he keeps coming back and is slightly less impressive every time he does it.
0: Mhm. Um well we've only seen it seen it um twice so far. Let's 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 wait until the next and series already breaks. I'm not
1: impressed. <laughs> no you no you say you say that but talk about like he comes and goes through Spyfall. Yes. And each time he's a bit more shit.
0: Yeah you're right. I remember that um the best moment of him in Spyfall part 2 is when I in my opinion is when um, he is in the, the marvellous machinations of the Victorian elite, that place. Yeah. And he's so terrifying and he's so angry. I love that. I love Sasha Duan and doing rage. I, like, I love that. Um, I, I like the switch that he does with rage. And I also like him doing um, like just pure dickish, like, like baiting, like baiting of characters. Um, he's a fucking child. He is a child. He's a child. And I and I, I, I like that. But he, you're right. Every time he comes back subsequently in that episode, he's less impactful and less impactful and less impactful. It's, no actually do you know who's Deliberate, who deliberately. A, do you know who he is as a master?
1: Jeffrey Beavers?
0: No, he's um oh, I'm about to say Jeremy Irons, but it's not Jeremy Irons. What's his name? Um Curse of fat, Fatal Death Master. Oh,
1: Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price, that's who he is. He is That's who he is. <laughs> No, well, you know what? He doesn't. I, I get totally what you're saying because I think that is one of my favourite. Must I think Jonathan Price was considered for the Eighth Doctor, by the way?
0: Oh really? Now that would be
1: interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone was considered for this role, apparently. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's there's a bit on *Clever Dick's* film where it's literally just like a like a like a list of all the people considered. It's like, how is this still going on? Like, it's just every British
1: actor who's... The entire cast list of Game of Thrones. Literally, yeah. All of Harry Potter. Yeah,
0: Arya when she was one was considered. Um... (laughs) Let's talk about the ending, Um, and specifically, Temporal Drift. What's it mean, Charlie? It's a
1: first in the Furious film.
0: Yes. Need for speed. It, for it means
1: as little to me as reverse the polarity.
0: Yes. It literally means that. But the thing with the reverse the polarity is that that became a running joke, that it meant nothing. Um, yeah. Whereas this, it, the, the climax of it is the Doctor and the Master closing the Eye of Harmony through Grace, who, bear in mind, has never been in the TARDIS before, finding the right wire to pull that allows her to fly into space exactly at the right time they need to to get to temporal drift.
1: She says, and I thought surgery was hard. It is. It is. This hasn't stopped surgery being... <laughs> you don't fix a TARDIS and then go, doddle. This is easy. <laughs> Surgery's still hard. This doesn't invalidate surgery.
0: <laughs> yes. My favourite thing of the, whole, of the whole of this bit is Grace, after she's done this, comes comes back in to the doctor and says... The doctor, I Doctor, I did it! I managed to get us into temporal drift. What is temporal drift? No explanation given. Nothing. That is very cursed to fatal death of I'll explain later. I'll explain later. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's nothing. And so you then have this weird sequence where the doctor and the master are having this fist fight and the master falls into the eye of harmony. Um and then and then nothing and then the great at this point both Grace. And Chang Li have been killed um should we, do you want to talk more about that or, or should we go for, go on further
1: I don't know what I can say about it other than I wish Chang Li had stayed dead I think it would have been
0: well I actually I have changed my I've changed my mind on this I think Chang Lee if Chang Li was written properly um I would have wanted oh sure to,
1: but he was sure but he wasn't but he wasn't no
0: in this situation he should have stayed dead. If, if, if this if this had a more of a resolution with Chang-Li's storyline, I think Grey should have stayed dead. I think it would have been a nice emotional ending to the film. And Chang-Li, as a redemption, is the new companion to the Doctor. Like, if it was written properly.
1: On paper, Chang-Li has all the makings of a great companion. He could have been like... Well, no, he is like, because he wasn't written properly, Jason Todd in Batman. <laughs> I mean, right down to dying and coming back to life. Yes, but I, I will say that Yijitsu, who plays Chang Li, is actually you know he's good. Similarly to Paul McGann, and Daphne Ashbrook, they're good with what they're given.
0: It's just what they're given. That's the problem.
1: I, th- I think. That, I think. But I think that he's genuinely very charismatic.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I
1: think that he is definitely putting everything into it. Yijitsu, we love you. Please come on our show.
0: Yes, please do. Do you want to just go through a couple of um, Easter eggs and uh, positives that so we thought?
1: Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, what do you think about the fact that he had jelly babies?
0: I think it's a nice callback to the old show. I just wish it was explained to why. Like the, every time that he gave a character a jelly baby, it just seemed pointless. It didn't seem like it was a ploy to anything. I I liked when Tom Baker used jelly babies. It was a way of breaking tension. Comedy, or um, getting himself out of a situation. Like I remember, sure. I remember when he's he's um. I remember he him in a situation where he's like about to be. It's a very similar thing to Matt Smith's um, Jamie Dodger with the Dalek self-destruct button. Yeah. Um. Uh, he uses jelly babies in the same way. Whereas this, it just seems like it's thrown in as like an Easter egg, like a literal Easter egg.
1: There is so much that we can bitch about in this episode, um, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the stupidest person in this episode. Oh my gosh, Pete! Pete, pathologist Pete. Pete, We thought was like a janitor or an orderly. He's a fucking doctor! He's a doctor who still finds the fact he's a pathologist who finds the fact that dead bodies are dead hilarious.
0: Literally so funny, like a laugh riot.
1: It's a laugh riot. He's making jokes to the dead bodies in a morgue where he works that only works if you're insane or you've just started working in the morgue and the fact that he's comfortable enough to just be watching movies in the morgue implies he's been there for a while yeah it's truly bizarre
0: um he's also just he just his dumb face reactions and like just his his like Uh? yeah literally it drives me to the point of insanity um and I don't know.
1: There's a, there's a, that there's scene where um she said I don't think a second coming happens here, and he's like, "Do you think it would happen at another hospital?"
0: It's stupid. It's stupid. I hate it so much. I hate when characters are written. I don't mind characters who are written to be stupid, but there is a you ha- if you're writing characters to be stupid. Um, the, have you seen the Good Place? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! i forgot the name of the character, Jason. but the guy. Jason, um, he is charming and stupid, and that, that, and that works in that situation.
1: Sure, sure. But also, he is a stupid person whose stupidness is a part of their personality and consistent with everything we know about them. Unlike Pete, who is a doctor working in what we are told early on is a very expensive hospital, which we will talk about. Why they have a room full of broken things with a water leak?
0: Yeah, the weird, creepy with with a broken baby doll with its head reversed all the way around the other way. With yes, ten someone... broken mirrors.
1: No, um, not, ten, not ten, eight.
0: Oh, what, did you count them?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Uh, I, I was thinking. Oh fuck! I, I reckon there are eight. I reckon there are eight. Counted them. There are well, there are nine, but you see his reflection in eight. Right. Okay. That's fun. Could be could be coincidence. I don't give a shit if it is.
0: Um. Let uh, Let's move on from Pete because I'm going to get All angry. Right. Let's just let's move on to that scene, and I'm going to play the clip here of the the Doctor doing <laughs> his best like Darth Vader. Empire Jean Val- anyway, he's Jean Valjean. He's Jean Valjean. He's Jean Valjean. Yes, that's it. That's it. Play the clip here. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I never find this good in anything. In any drama, anyone shouting out big information about themselves or big questions or like, I always think about Revenge of the Sith and Darth Vader shouting, no, and it takes you out the whole film. In, in that.
1: Um That was a very good Darth Vader. That was a very good Hayden Christensen as oh, Darth Vader.
0: Um it's not like I've watched some Revenge on the Sith on, on a loop for about six years.
1: You are very I think of you as a Hayden Christensen of my friends.
0: he has got awful hair. Actually you no know, you know what?
1: Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Cause no matter how annoying you are I still like you more than Jake Lloyd.
0: Fair. And I like Sand. Yeah. Does Hayden Christensen like sand? Was is it is it um? It's that clone. It's the famous scene. No, no, in... I, I, I know
1: what you're talking about. I know. I know that it's Anakin doesn't. But I wonder if anyone's ever actually asked what the actor feels about it. Whether it was hard to convey something that was so different to him. If he did like sand.
0: Get on the podcast, Hayden. Just know people
1: come on our Doctor Who podcast. Yes,
0: and talk about. Um, <laughs> What would be a good episode to review with Hayden Christensen?
1: What? Oh my God, that is... because it's, it's got a hu- to that be That is huge. To, that's, a, that's a
0: huge... Because um, it's got to be something related to, like, the, the um, Star Wars in some way, of some description.
1: Do you think about, like, all the people that must ask Hayden Christensen about Star Wars, no one has ever asked him about Doctor Who?
0: Exactly. I think that'll be a fascinating take on it. That's why I, I, I want him gonna- to... Uh, probably like a children, a
1: children in need special. <laughs> <laughs> the one where Peter Davison comes on with David Tennant and Hayden's just like, who's this guy? He's never seen Doctor Who before. Who's, who's this guy?
0: Yeah, I would love him. Do you, do you remember that children in need special where John Barrowman is um, in the TARDIS and it's like half half a set, half like meta about being in the being on the set. And they're just playing out this role. And then David Tennant <laughs> just comes comes in and is like, John and John's like, Yeah, sorry, sorry for sorry for etcetera. And he was like, my
1: TARDIS. My TARDIS. Do you remember that? Vaguely. I I'm gonna rewatch that actually. That's really funny. Yeah, it's um, really good. I can't wait till we get I can't wait till we get to Captain Jack.
0: Let's I am gonna do one last Easter egg and then I'm gonna close this up with our like overall thoughts on it and uh the rest of summary. Um,
1: uh, and, I, and I'll do the same. I've got. I've, I've written down a few Easter eggs.
0: Okay, you just you go through the list, and I'll add adds to. We'll do it quickly. Okay. Quick fire okay. round.
1: Uh, Rasselon era. <laughs> I
0: literally, was about to say. Um, um, I just so Rassilon era. Why?
1: Is that like our time? Is that like common time?
0: Potentially. So I know that in the the potential the The law for the show that was going to happen because the of McCoy's series, if that was continued, what it was going to lead up to was the uh, explanation of the foundings of Gallifrey.
1: because sure. that that's what the books did
0: because that's what the books did exactly where um, there was a there, on Gallifrey before there was a race of um there was a race of people that was over that was overthrown by the time Lords and then they fled and then became the sister, sisterhood of Khan. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And so I suppose that Rassilon era would start with we've Rassilon.
1: we both watched the same video. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, it's, so Rassilon would start, Rassilon era, I suppose, would start at that. I suppose like AD, BC.
1: And end at the time war.
0: Yes, I suppose that would end at the time war. So that that is, uh, because I thought Rassilon era was stupid in my thought of it. Like, I would assume that Rassilon era would have meant the time where Rassilon, Raslon started the Time Lords, and then there was more errors past that. But I suppose that the Rassilon era could refer to just from Rassilon to the Time War,
1: quite easily. Which covers, presumably, thousands and thousands of years.
0: Yes, that does cover thousands and thousands of years. Um, okay, Rassilon era. And old Scaro.
1: Old Scaro, we've talked a bit. We've talked a bit about that. Um, don't love it. It it would make it would make much more sense if. It was the Time Lords executed him, and he wanted his remains to be taken to Earth.
0: Well, also the connotations of Old Skaro I had was a Skaro before um, the Dalek, but the the Daleks were created, so it was kind of like a neutral ground.
1: But you, um, you hear them say exterminate, so it is the Daleks.
0: Yes, I know. I, I always I always miss that in this episode, but um, I yeah. just, I'm just trying to make it better in my head, Charlie. That's all.
1: We, uh, we all wish we could do that in Doctor <laughs> Who, but we can't always. Okay. Um, Next one. The clocks. There are loads of clocks, and there are different, and they're all of different times. Yes. And a little head fiction, a head canon that I had going was he does that to keep track of all his former companions.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I really like that idea.
1: There is that isn't based on anything, but I really like that idea. If I say so myself, <laughs> that's really really cute. <laughs> 900-Year Diary, um, which is a reference to Patrick Trousen's 500-Year Diary. Yes, I remember. He's reading H.G. Wells, which comes from the fact that H.G. Wells' work and also H.G. Wells himself were a big uh, inspiration for the original Doctor Who, as Mm -hmm. Sidney Newman says in An Adventure in Space and Time. No, it's not Sidney Newman that says it. Someone says it to him. Pop, pop, pop. No, someone says it to someone says it to William Hartnell.
0: It was um Sasha Dwanin um, saying it to William Hartnell on the pitch, I believe.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't say it, the woman whose name I've forgotten says it, the original producer.
0: Verity Lambert. Very good. Thank you very much. I should know this, um, she's Jewish. Yes, you really should know this. We Jewish and full of piss and vinegar, you, you two would get along wonderfully.
1: Hey, I, I'm not full of vinegar. <laughs> also, the song that the doctor plays on the record player in the TARDIS. Oh yes, I looked into. I looked into this. Do you know? Do you know what that song is?
0: No, I don't know who it's by. I don't know anything about it, really.
1: Okay, that song is called um, "In a Dream." I called out your name by Pat Hodges, and it was written for this episode. It's not.
0: No way. Yeah. Serious? That's fantastic. Why?
1: They felt like they needed a Macy Gray knockoff.
0: Right. That's that's bizarre. I mean, I like it. I like. I actually quite like the use of that in this,
1: and I quite like this. I quite like the
0: song. The end where Paul McGann puts it on again and it starts record scratching, and literally the end shot of him is says, "Oh no, not again!" And that's the end of the I mean, film. That's
1: not the end shot of him. It's the end shot of the TARDIS, and you just hear him.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Um, get a get a good record player. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like. Also it, This is really This is really nitpicky But if regeneration is You change your whole personality Why Is what Paul McGann does when he gets back In the TARDIS exactly the same as what Sylvester McCoy does And picks up the exact same book Same book, same record, same cup of tea
0: Maybe that's the whole Plot of the film Is the Doctor wants to read, Continue to
1: read his book they never referred to it until no, that know, point. I know, I know. This is again head in The film, fine. Um, yeah, that's um, that's what I think. A lot of my attention for Easter eggs. I think I kind of got exhausted looking for them after that bit.
0: I think that Easter eggs are
1: quite fun in a lot of episodes of Doctor Who to look for them, but this is twice as long as those episodes and half as good.
0: And I think that Easter eggs in this are used are are used instead of are used as kind of plot devices, yeah. and 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 that. I, I don't problem. actually no. I don't I don't know about that. Not plot devices in a certain case, but it's like it's 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 thrown in deliberately as like okay, this is the doctor, this is the doctor, this is the doctor. I get a bit fed up of that eventually. Um. Yeah. Oh, I before we before we end, I think let, let's let's talk about a positive. Um, let's end this. Let, let's end this episode in a positive. And before we give our general general thoughts, um, the Tardis interior, I happen to love.
1: I texted you when I was watching it, saying that I liked it, and then that changed as soon as you saw other rooms. For some reason, there was simultaneously not enough explanation of anything but there was too much explanation of things I didn't want explained
0: yeah that's, that's very true like the cloister room part of the TARDIS is stupid
1: I didn't want to see all the other rooms like for me like you should just be able to see the control room and everything else should just be in your imagination
0: I think the issue with the TARDIS in general is is that the crux of the episode centred around the TARDIS not as a time travelling machine but as a
1: world ender which has been done before, but it's it, it's a derivation rather than what it is.
0: And it's done before, but in a but you've seen the TARDIS used in a in a in a positive and I don't know. I just I just I, it's before it's destroyed and before and before it's a plot point that it's destroyed. You see the TARDIS. As the magnificent beast of, of time travel that it is. Exactly. And, exactly. And I don't think that, that was given justice in this episode. I, I, I,
1: agree, I agree with you. Another thing is the fact that, you know, I don't know if this is a thing in Classic Who, but there's, you know, they actually give a date and they say a planet. Mm. And in English. And it just kind of dumbs it down a bit. Yeah. But one thing I did I did find interesting is that it's very different to the classic who interior and much more similar to revival. The fact that it's a bit ramshackle that, that, you know, there are bits from machines that don't go together.
0: Well, I think that's a lovely, that's a really good way of ending this episode is that as a, as a, as a product, the doctor who movie is a bit all over the place. The script itself is uh, a lot of places quite creaky but you can see its influences as a as a kind of halfway point between classic Who and Modern Who. Yeah. And I think that's we should give it credit for that, is that.
1: It was teething. It's yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, and I think another thing is that it's campy enough to be charming.
0: It's campy enough to be charming, exactly.
1: And it's grounded by Paul McGann. And to an extent, Eric Roberts doing Pretty good jobs and good interpretations of those characters once they kind of decide what they're doing.
0: And I think it was a good idea. There are a lot of bad ideas in terms of the creation of this. Um, we haven't really much talked about the half-human idea um, of the Doctor. We'll just briefly go over that. That's uh, that's that would have been an interesting, in my opinion, it would be interesting if it was a, if it was like not just a throwaway line twice in the in the whole yeah. movie.
1: Um, it's 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 an interesting, and it would be a good explanation why he's a lot less detached. Exactly, but again, it would be another Star Trek similarity. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's really and the Time Lords point. and the Vulcans are really similar, aren't they?
0: Yes, wow. I want to do an episode comparing Star Trek: The Next Generation to Doctor Who. Now, that's going to be a really that's going to be a fun bonus.
1: Well, that's that's a fun way to end it. What would you give this episode out of five? I don't know if we're going to be rating episodes, but I'm just interested. What would you give this out of five?
0: I would give this.
1: A, Or out of 10 maybe Because that gives you more leeway to be sympathetic I would give this A 5 I would give it a 5 too That's interesting
0: I, I think that there are some ep- moments of the episode That genuinely made my heart sing Of like I love that I love Paul McGann I love the whole scene where he's discovering who he am And he looks at the, to, the, to the sky And it's like a million bursting supernovas And then then focuses on his feet I love Um the campiness of it at some points. I I mean, the grace and the ball gown sequence is wonderful, and the first I think the first fifteen minutes of this are I I don't have many problems with comparatively. Like I I don't have I I think it I think it's as soon as um it starts to get to the um it start, it, it goes from that what obviously in a TV movie was a, a commercial break in the, in the states where the doctor says who am I um after that point. And there was some bad stuff before then, but I think after that point is when it starts to flag and it starts to lose sight of what it's doing. Um, But overall, not bad.
1: I also think it's propped up by the amount of effort it took to make. Mm -hmm. It took the people who really cared about it to make it. And also how important I believe it was for developing what would be so successful in the new era.
0: Yeah, I think so. So I, I, think, I
1: think it does. I think it deserves a five.
0: I think it deserves five. I feel like the grounded realism was was poorly executed, but allowed for um, Rusty Davis's grounded realism of Rose to hit so much harder. Yeah, and for a nice transition period between the two.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I think that's a really lovely way to end.
1: That's a really lovely way to end. So we're both finishing and
0: uh... <laughs> finishing with a bang. Um do you want to, let's do
1: you want to talk about um Twitter, like what where you can follow us? Uh, yeah, we you can follow us on Dr. Hoodcast um on Twitter that's at Dr. Hoodcast, spelt the same way as the podcast, where we've not really tweeted on it. We've just retweeted something Jody Witzke put up about coronavirus. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, we'll have tweeted more, but uh, exactly.
0: And I'd like—I'd personally like to set up a um, an Instagram account of funny Doctor Who memes. Um, yeah, fine, but, do it. I don't give a, but, a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you do Twitter because you're very good with words, and I'll do the Instagram. And then between us, we have a social media empire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, and you're, you're you're welcome. No, yeah, i I'm, I'm very happy that I listened. Um, and we will <laughs> see you next time
1: in the future. Or in the probably in the past, actually, for your past. That is the next time past. we. This is the next time we will see you. Is in your past and in our future. The next time you will see us will be in your future. Wibbly wobbly, I'my wimey. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have no right. idea. What it we love you. Goodbye. Bye.